Hi, I'm Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm here with Jan Rasmussen. Jan is a dog health and safety advocate, and she's the author of Scared Poopless, The Straight Scoop on Dog Care. And that amazing book is the winner of two national awards, and I love your book, Jan. It's so amazing. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here, Val. Your journey actually started in holistic care when your dog, Jiggy, was diagnosed with a life-threatening illness. And I know that was a real tragedy and a, and a big-time wake-up call. And that started you on five years. Has it been five years, man, of research and interviews with top integrative veterinarians? Gee, it and only seems like a 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were telling me you're retired and you're working harder than you've ever worked in your life. Yeah, I really am. And you've, you've interviewed uh, veterinarians and other experts all over the world, really. You've done consumer advocacy. You have a popular e-newsletter. You have two blogs. I don't know how you have, find the time to do all of this. Uh, truthfordogs.com and blogfordogs.com. And the four is the numeral four, so Truth for Dogs and BlogForDogs.com. And you recently organized and hosted the Safer Pet Vaccination Seminar, which raised almost $40,000 for rabies vaccine research, which is absolutely critical. I am so glad you're bringing this to the general public because other people need to know what you're doing. You've got articles and videos um, on integrative dog care at dogsfordogs.com and a free newsletter. So I hope everybody goes there and signs up for that. And Jan, welcome. I'm so glad you took time to talk with us this morning. Well, we haven't had a time uh, chance to talk for a while, so I'm happy to do it. I know. I, I'm really excited to see what you're up to these days. The vaccination issue is a critical one, and most people are not giving this subject very much thought or attention until, as in, you know, as like what happened with you and your dog Jiggy, until they give vaccinations and then they wonder why their dogs die or get horribly ill or all of a sudden are chronically ill. You know, I, and a lot of times they don't even connect it to the shot when that happens. If, right. if there's a reaction to a shot and the dog immediately topples over, most mm-hmm. people will go, oh, that oh. could have something to do with the shot he just got. Exactly. But mm-hmm. more often than not, it's several days, several weeks, or even even up to several months yeah. after the shot. So they and their vets don't connect it back to the shot. That's right. And I, I think teaching the vets, I mean, teaching the people, uh, us dog parents, you know, we need to know. And it's, by the way, uh, for the listeners, it's not just dogs. I know your focus is on dogs, but we're talking about vaccinations for cats, for horses, for people, right? I mean, the same things and dangers also apply to other species. So, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just because you don't may not have a dog doesn't mean you don't need to pay attention to this. It's critical. So we have a choice to advocate for our dog, right, or not, and that can be really hard. How how do you know, Jan, what do you tell people about, you know, we we either follow the law blindly or we educate ourselves about dangerously reactive vaccines and we learn how to take precautions when we vaccinate and you know and we look for and educate ourselves about the reactions and things. So what do you tell people when they ask you about vaccinations? I tell them that their best source of information may not be their veterinarian because uh, vets not not all vets certainly, but many yeah. vets uh, are not following up with current uh, vaccination protocols. Mm-hmm. They change. They've changed drastically. They're changing again. The World Small Animal Veterinary Association has just put out new guidelines, which I haven't even had a chance to see um, okay. because they're not available to the public yet. Oh, good Lord. And the American okay. Animal Hospital Association has a new set of guidelines coming out this year. Okay. But, but Dr. Ron Schultz is on both committees and he was just speaking at my conference in uh, the end of March. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much know where he stands. And and when you look to a large organization to ad- advise, one of the things they do is they they are very protective of their organization. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to tell you what they really do with their animals. Uh-huh. They tell you what the stupidest among us should do. Because we won't, we won't really learn what needs to be done. 
Hmm. That is, if if you ask Ron Schultz how he vaccinates his own dogs, he'll tell you that he keeps them in a protective environment of his home and his own yard mm-hmm. and um, doesn't vac- vaccinate them until they're 14 to 16 weeks old. Mm-hmm. And then he gives them one shot, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then three or four weeks later, he gives them a titer test, uh, an antibody blood test. It's called a titer test, and that's T-I-T-E-R. Okay. And if if their titers are positive, that means that the shot has worked, and he doesn't vaccinate them again except for rabies, which mm-hmm. is required by law. Rabies is the only shot required by law, okay. even though people persist in believing that that all shots are somehow required. Well, and our vets tell us that, you know, every time we go in to, you know, talk about this, and they send us annual notices saying, time to vaccinate your pet, you know, and we go in and they have the whole kitchen sink of vaccinations all lined up ready for us, and they argue, oh, no, you have to do all of these things, you know? Well, it is my belief that if your vet sends you a notice saying, it's time for Fluffy to come in and get get his annual shot of parvovirus and distemper and mm-hmm. and all of that. That you just um, throw it away and find another vet mm-hmm. because there has never been any science behind vaccinating yearly mm-hmm. ever. There has mm-hmm. never been one study that says you need to vaccinate yearly. yearly. And this is for the core vaccines, um, the important vaccines that every dog should get, which are parvovirus, distemper. And some believe adenovirus, too. Others believe that, um, since there's not been a case in North America for a very long time, that we shouldn't vaccinate against that. Others believe that for herd immunity, you want to vaccinate against that. Hmm. But everything else, either your dog doesn't need, he can get it another time if there's an outbreak in the area, Um or it should be, you should realize that you probably have lifetime immunity, or your dog does, mm-hmm. to shots. Mm-hmm. You can get this blood titer test to prove it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you're getting annual reminders to come in and get your shots, mm-hmm. find another vet. Go in every year, mm-hmm. for sure. Get a blood test. You know, not a titer test every year. You only need to do that once. Mm-hmm. But But get a blood test to make sure that your dog's, liver is functioning properly, that he doesn't have diabetes, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Because dogs and cats will go about their business acting healthy long after they're not healthy because that's how they survive, you know, historically in the wild by looking macho. Right, and what (laughs) other choice do they have usually? Right. And and then unless we're a communicator, you know, like myself, um, unless we actually talk to them and say, gee, you know, Fido, how do you feel? Do you have any pain or, you know, any discomfort or is something not working for you? Unless we open that connection and listen to them, we wouldn't know until they're broken, you know, until they're they're actually really sick. Right. They can't mask it or hide it, and it's very obvious. You know? And it's so expensive to go to the vet. And, yeah, and, it is. And conventional vets have a very small arsenal to work with. They have... Mm-hmm steroids, which mm-hmm. I don't want to give my dog. They have antibiotics, which I only give when there's no other alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have other drugs. So what are you going to do? I I send my dogs to a holistic vet and we also work with a homeopath as well. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of things you can do to treat su- subtle changes mm-hmm. other than giving steroids and antibiotics. And it, it's right. just criminal to, to me the way that they're just given all the time. Yes. Because of antibiotic resistance, for one thing. Yeah, well, And that's true. steroids are um, immunosuppressive. There's, there's right. a, a vet friend of mine who has on his website 42 ways that steroids, corticosteroids, can destroy your animal's health. Oh. <laughs> 42. 40, only 42? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he'll think of more. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure he will. But there are so many alternatives that I just wish that, that veterinarians had to take courses in homeopathy. Yes. And acupuncture and other alternative medicine tools so that in addition to the conventional tools that they have, they have a whole lot more that they can work with. And I wish that they were required to take continuing education courses 
in vaccination and immunology. Yeah. Right. At, at our conference, we gave uh, continuing education credits for the veterinarians and the vet techs and also the, the dog trainers mm-hmm. who came. And because the two of the top educators in, in the world were there speaking. And it was really quite amazing. A blog was written about who came to the event and the questions they asked. And one of the main things this blogger said was they were just astounded by how little most of the veterinarians knew. Yeah. And they know what the drug companies teach them because those are the people who are sending them articles and, mm-hmm. and telling them about new products. Just just a few days ago, um, June, we were recording this in, in early June, um, the canine flu shot was given approval. It's been on the market for a year with conditional approval, although I can tell you that all the dogs that got that shot didn't know it was conditionally approved. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those shots. There's no limit to the number of shots that you can make and sell to people. Wow. And it's one of those shots that unless there's an outbreak of it in your area, it is not a shot I would give my dogs. Yeah. And there is no real safety record because unless the the reactions are horrible, they're never reported. Right. And, and if they're and if they're not immediate, then they can be fluffed off as something else. Right. They don't have to be connected. I was just getting ready to say that I opened I opened my mouth to speak and it came out of your mouth. <laughs> but it is so true. And you call your vet and you say, you know, my dog's doing this or doing that. I think it has something to do with a shot. Mm-hmm. And veterinarians, being people, mm-hmm. don't want to believe that something they did yeah. caused this problem. So I can't tell you how many stories there are um, on my blog. Truth for dogs. People write me with their stories and, and ask me for help. You know, what to do? Mm-hmm. And almost all of them say, I, "My vet says it doesn't have anything to do with the rabies vaccine, but my dog didn't have seizures before it, and now he does." Exactly. And wow. I always write back and say, "You know, if it looks like a duck, <laughs> uh huh, and it quacks like a duck, <laughs> it's, probably a duck. It's, it's probably a duck." <laughs> so. But but the vets persist, and I and I hate to you know to criticize a whole group of people. I don't like mm-hmm. to generalize like that. But I see it over and over and over again. Yeah. And they also know that if it is the shot, they most of them don't know what to do about it. Ah. So other than give steroids and antibiotics. Wow. So so there we have it there. So, so they don't even know how to uh, work with reactions. To shots are not but, really trained that way either. Well, they generally they're, they're trained for that, but but oh. they're trained to treat oh. the, the the symptoms. Yes, that's true. They're and not to treat the symptoms mm-hmm. and not to clear the cause. So if, well, if the rabies vaccine say caused seizures to begin, you can start giving the dog or cat any seizure medication. Right. Well, okay, you you may or may not get the seizures under control. It's certainly not the way to handle it as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But unless unless you tie it to the rabies vaccine, my dog is, do you have something to say, Jiggy? Yeah, I know. The rabies <laughs> vaccine is what gave him his autoimmune <laughs> liver disease. <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet he it, has a lot to say about that. He, I think he does. Mm-hmm. And all the blood tests he has to have to keep it under control and oh. let us know where he is all the time. Wow. But, and, you know, unless unless you can go back and say, you know, maybe it was the rabies shot. And there's this homeopathic substance that I can give the dog to help clear the effects of the rabies shot. Mm-hmm. So that you're looking at at the cause, not just the symptoms. And maybe I won't have to put this dog on this expensive medication mm-hmm. for the rest that has of side effects. Right. For, yeah, for the rest of their life and then chase other symptoms caused by that. Right, as they pop up. Right, as a cascade of uh, a degenerative spiral. I'm I'm sure you know that if you suppress one symptom, Mm -hmm. your body finds a way to keep saying, hey, I still have the problem. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get, like if if your knees hurt, Mm -hmm. well, maybe it's it's your hip that's the problem, or maybe it's your fallen arches. That exactly, are the problem. Foot or ankle or something else, yeah. And you can give pain medication so that your knee doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. 
But in fact, it's going to get worse over time. That's right. So you can't just, Western medicine is just so much about symptom suppression. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not about actually looking at the whole body and what's going on. Right. So, and a lot of people listening to this probably think, well, there really aren't reactions to shots that often. It's very rare. Yeah. Let's, it, let's talk about that. It's only rare that it's not, that they're reported. Because there's Thank no you. good reporting yeah. system. And vets don't want to report it because they don't want to believe that they caused it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the uh, former head of the FDA has said that he thinks maybe 1% of reactions to shots in people are even reported. So and dogs are, and cats are just animals. Right. So they get reported, I'm sure, less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because of the attitude about about animals not being as important as people. Mm-hmm. Although I certainly don't agree with that. <laughs> um, so if if less than one percent of the reactions are reported, it's no wonder that people don't don't think of reactions as being important. And mostly, they're not even noticed in the first place, let alone reported. Exactly. So tell us how to notice. What what are we looking for in a reaction? Well. Unfortunately, a reaction can be almost any time and anything. Mm-hmm. If, if suddenly your your animal develops an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. that's something to look back and think, did my animal get a shot within the last six or eight weeks? Mm-hmm. And especially a rabies shot. Uh. And and go back and, and you know, try to trace what, what changed in the period of time in the couple of months uh, before this, and of course, by the time you recognize that there's symptoms, it's usually even longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. the only way we caught Jiggy's autoimmune liver disease was that he had very early dental problems, mm. and we went in to have his a teeth cleaning done. And I insisted that they give a blood test, which you always should do before undergoing anesthesia. Mm-hmm. And on the blood test, we found it, and we had to cancel the dental cleaning mm. because of. Um, his liver values were so bad, mm-hmm. and but he he has never in ten years really been symptomatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, he's got a few little symptoms at, at ten years of age. Wow! But his, his blood tests have been off the chart since he was one, and by off the chart, one year old, one year old. Oh, jeez! And he's the healthiest looking little dog you ever saw. Lots of energy, feels great, mm-hmm. but but. We know that subtle damage is being done to him because his liver is is so out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, if your dog gets uh, suddenly develops seizures, mm-hmm. I would immediately look and say, "When was the last shot? Especially when was the last rabies shot?" Mm-hmm. And chronic digestive problems. How many of us have no dogs with chronic digestive problems and allergies uh-huh, and uh-huh. skin problems? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> if if you get a rabies shot, a couple of other things to look for are muscle weakness afterwards, especially lack of coordination in the hind end. Okay. You know, suddenly the animal isn't walking correctly. Okay. Um, they start eating inappropriate materials. Really? That can happen, like their own poop. Okay. Um, or rocks. Or, or, or cat, so- like cat poop. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's a big one for a lot of people. They're, you know. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, it's anything. Well, dogs eating cat poop is often a chance to try to get more protein into their diets. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, cats have a higher protein diet than dogs. That's right. Behavioral problems, ag- aggression, separation anxiety, compulsive behaviors okay. happening after a shot. People never tie that to the shot. Really? Never, but they, they should. They never, yeah, absolutely they should. Absolutely. You know, you don't see your dog all of a sudden becoming ag- aggressive and think, oh, that might have had something to do with a rabies shot he got last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they should. Well, and it makes sense to me because the nervous system ha- is is in a state of shock, right? And so we have a, a sympathetic stress response in the nervous system that creates chronic tension in the body, Right. Well, I, I think you're right, but I think it's even more strange than that. Okay. In that a, a lot of the vets that I know that are holistic vets and, and really try to look into these things believe that, that a rabies shot in particular will give 
can give the symptoms of rabies without giving the dog rabies. Really? Rabies wow. vaccine is a killed vaccine, meaning that the the virus has been killed and 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 then they stick all this aluminum and mercury and other things into the yeah. shots to make yeah. them strong to get an immune response. But they don't put a live rabies virus into it because rabies can kill people. So other shots have live modified live viruses in them, and a side effect of them is that you can give your animal the disease that the shot was meant to protect against. Right. It doesn't happen all the time, certainly. It doesn't happen very often, but well, it can happen. Right. That's part of the theory of vaccinations anyway, is that we're going to create a very mild you know, um, reaction to this disease or whatever it is um, in order for the immune system to trigger a response for it, and after that we're supposed to have an immune system that can attack that if it ever should see that again, right? Well, something very very interesting that I just read yesterday that Dr. Okay. Schultz had written was that infection is common, but disease isn't. So basically you're infecting the animal, but you're not causing disease. So, you know, you're shooting viruses into them. Right, right. So we're actually infecting our right. animals. Right, but they're not it's not causing disease, but the the immune system kind of thinks that it is, so they form antibodies. Mm-hmm. And these antibodies can be tested by a blood test. So if your animal has the antibodies, why does he need another shot? If he's protected, he's also protected against the virus and the shot. Mm-hmm. So if you've given your dog his puppy parv- parvovirus shots, for example, mm-hmm. well, we know that by blood test that parvovirus lasts Nine years to lifetime. Mm. I mean, nine years. Why would you give this shot yearly? Or even some some vets act like they're being um, really innovative and really with it, and now they give shots every three years. Mm-hmm. But if the shot lasts nine years, why are you giving it every three years? Yeah, and every time you get it, you exponentially increase the likelihood of a reaction. A- absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that that fallacy happened when when the American Animal Hospital Association put out a report and said to give these shots no more often than every three years. And all the vets, I mean, there was such a problem. All the vets said, well, we're going to lose all of our income exactly. because that's the only way we can get people in to do other things for their dogs, like give them a, an annual blood test and check them for lumps. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they said people won't come in if we're not giving shots. So they they result they all resulted in a compromise of shots every three years, mm-hmm. and but that's not what the report said. It said no more often than every three years, well, and that and every dog should be treated as an individual. Got it. Oh, I love that. And and so that's not what our vets are telling us. That's not but what that's a lot of vets are what telling the, us. What the guidelines are, and I think you brought in a, a touch on a really important point, which is vaccinations are a big money maker for vets. Right, and they're a big money maker, I'm sure, for the pharmacy companies that are creating them. And like oh, I said earlier, you know, they huge. can create a vaccine for anything, and then all they have to do is sell it to us, you know, through the vets. And the vets don't know because they're not educated or trained enough in this area. Um, and then we have no reporting system, basically. So we begin to see a huge problem. <laughs> well, the vets, the vets make money off of it. Right, and they may really believe that it's necessary because I'm they sure really they don't do. know enough about it. I know they do. I, you know, when I, I've been to several vets with my dog Einstein, and you know, it's like everyone I talk to, they're all on the party line of vaccinations, and I can tell they absolutely believe what they're saying, which is partly what makes it so difficult for the layperson, you know, the dog parent, um, to argue. You know, well, you, this, you, know, <laughs> you have to work pretty hard to believe that these days. Okay. So I used to believe that they were just ignorant. But mm-hmm. Dr. Schultz has been, I think, for 25 years have, has been telling veterinarians that they're over-vaccinating. Mm-hmm. And there have been all of these task forces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 1998, there was a huge world symposium about it. Mm-hmm. And then there was another big animal hospital association task force with 14 top experts in 2003 and another one in 2006 Mm. and another one is coming up and the world small animal veterinary association has been doing this for a long time Mm -hmm. so you pretty much have to not to want to learn 
mm-hmm. to not learn. And the vaccine companies, um, with the exception of rabies vaccine, which says that it lasts for three years mm-hmm. on the bottle, the three-year vaccine. Ironically, the one-year vaccine says it only lasts for one year, but it's the same vaccine. <laughs> so <laughs> that wonderful labeling uh, thing. Yeah, uh-huh. and okay. and all the other shots, the label says give annually. Mm-hmm. Well, that was decided a long time ago. A, if you if you um, say give it annually, well, then you sell the vaccine every year. Yeah. So you're making a whole lot more money. A whole and, lot. Money. And they didn't want to do tests to prove that it lasted longer. Although they have now done them, mm-hmm. they don't publish them. They don't tell people, you know, this shot really lasts for nine years, so you should only give it every nine years. Yeah. And it's it's counterproductive for them. It's against their business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and probably against their stockholder interests. Yes. So yes. they just don't, they don't tell us. Yeah. So the label says give it every year. Of course, the label also says give it only to healthy dogs. Right. And... That's something that's commonly ignored. Yes. So they they yes. take part of the label as gospel, and the other part of the label as something they can ignore. Interesting. Isn't and it? vaccinating a dog that has has a mild virus, or suddenly has started tearing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or has diarrhea, that should never happen. You have to vaccinate an animal when its immune system is healthy enough to mount a response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet. I mean, when you vaccinate a dog in a kennel, I mean, there there are reasons for doing it, but you're taking a poor animal that may have have been living on the streets, like in a shelter is what Mm -hmm. I meant, Mm -hmm. and totally stressed, Mm -hmm. probably has been eating badly, Mm -hmm. and he goes into a shelter and he's given a whole bunch of shots. Right. And who even knows if, if they're working? Right. Because, I mean, the immune system is not functioning properly. Right, and often they'll come in, they're in bad shape to start with, they may not be neutered or spayed, and so they hit, they put them under surgery, right? right. They, they neuter or spay them, and they also pop them full of vaccinations. And then they come out of it, and you have a very ill animal. That's what happened to my cat. Uh, when we took her from the shelter, she was horribly, horribly ill, but of course they thought she was fine. Um, and it was because all that had been done to her in, you know, the space of, you know, a day. Um, and then it took, it literally took me three years to get her back to fairly good health. Um, so it's, it's, it's criminal. It, it, it really is horrible. Criminal. And they're, they're staying and neutering much too early. Yes, I um, totally agree. Mm-hmm. I, I've recently heard, and I haven't really looked into this in great depth, but I'll just throw it out there. Okay. That, that a lot of vets are thinking about, just removing the uh, the uh, uterus mm. of a female dog and not mm-hmm. the ovaries for the same reason they they do it with people mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. the animals still need the hormones mm-hmm. they're never yes. going to go through puberty if you take their 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 ovaries out right and and chop off their testicles when they're you know eight weeks old which is right. what they do in shelters yes I uh, I think that's horrible and, and I've heard it even earlier than eight weeks. Which is just insane, you know. I I have been fighting the party line on my dog Einstein, you know, because um, you know I wanted his growth plates, you know, and him for him to mature uh, before we uh, neuter. So um, it's been a real interesting process with him because some dogs will mature earlier or later, you know, in life, and it's all about the individual dog. Um, and their their well being and their and their development. Right, their growth the gro- growth plates are their bones. Yeah, and and they have to mature before they neuter them, and if they don't, then they they have all sorts of problems later in life. Yes, they do. So I mean, I'm all for spaying and neutering. I'm just for keeping your animal away from other animals that could mm-hmm. impregnate them or become pregnant. Yeah. Um, and, and Until they're mature enough to have the operation. Right. And, you know, any of the unwanted behavior like humping and, you know, things like that, you manage it. You train it. You know, it's it's not something you can't uh, work with. You know, it's not, they're not out of control. They simply need to learn, to, you know, to be um, 
to be in control, uh, to you know, and to be managed properly. Right, so. but but by the time that they're doing that, you know, they they may be mature enough. I don't. Actually, I'm not an expert on humping. <laughs> I can't tell you how many how much hormone they need for that to begin. Well, you know, it's also it's it's not even just hormones. It's it's a um, it's dominant a dominance. A behavior. lot of other things come into play there. But you know, uh, uh, anyway, never mind. Okay, that's funny. So let's it, get back to our main topic then. Sorry for the little side trip down. Uh, <laughs> Down something. <laughs> Down some other path. Um, but I want to go back to vaccinations. And so, um, what what do people need to know uh, about vaccinations? So, it, it, obviously, we have to uh, do some things. Um, so, what are your guidelines? What what would you tell people to do um, to make this as safe as possible? Well, the first thing is if your animal is an adult. Mm-hmm. And it's been more than three weeks since his last vaccination. Okay. Have a titer test done okay. for parvo and distemper. It's okay. one test. Um, Dr. Dodds, one of the world's top experts, has a nonprofit lab called Hemopet, okay. and your vet can send it to Hemopet, and it's 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 really not very expensive at all. It's something like sixty dollars for the test, mm-hmm. and see if the if the animal has. Um, antibodies to those two particular diseases. Okay. If the dog does, then Dr. Dodds will tell you that dog doesn't need vaccinating again, except mm-hmm. for rabies, which is required by law. Okay. You, there are no, at the moment, there are no tighter standards for the rabies shot. Okay. The Rabies Challenge Fund, which is a group of volunteers um, I'm a big supporter of it. The the um, event that I did at the Hilton raised money for the Rabies Challenge Fund. Mm-hmm. And what it's doing is to prove that the rabies shot lasts first for five years and then for seven years and so that we don't have to give it as often. And mm-hmm. they are establishing tighter standards so okay. that you can take a blood test and prove to the to the powers that be, that this animal has not just been exposed to a rabies shot, Mm -hmm. but has actually reacted to the shot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and is immune. Mm -hmm. So, and then we, you know, at some point, hopefully we won't, we'll have to give one shot or two shots during a lifetime and that's it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And of course that, that brings into a big problem with the local authorities who want, you know, who make you do it to get licensing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, but, it will certainly help ill animals. Yes. And like my, like Jiggy cannot be vaccinated. If we vaccinate him, he's dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he has, he has an exemption to the rabies vaccine and mm-hmm. more and more states are allowing exemptions. And if your state doesn't get busy, contact the rabies challenge fund and ask them how to do it. Because we are in California. We've been allowing it in many of the cities for a very long time, but a lot of the cities haven't. So there, there is now a bill that is in, in the state legislature mm-hmm. for the rabies vaccine, um, medical exemptions for sick dogs. And so it will become legal in the entire state, which is big. And wow. there's, oh, they've just wonderful. recently done one in Massachusetts. I'm sorry? That's wonderful. And, it, you know, there, it's happening. And, and the Rabies Challenge Fund knows how to tell you to go about getting it done. Okay. So, first of all, I hope everybody on the call donates to the Rabies Challenge Fund. Okay. And because it's it's our one chance to have to stop vaccinating. They have been responsible for changing the law to every three years and almost it, – well, it is every state, although it is not every locality. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a locality where you're having to vaccinate every year, you need to call – Call her or email the Rabies Challenge Fund and ask them how to get the law changed. Mm-hmm. Because there's no reason to give a shot every year if it lasts. Even the manufacturer says it lasts for three years. Yeah. And and the Rabies Challenge Fund will soon. This is the third year of the study. At the end of five years, they'll have proof that it lasts for five years, which they already know because the French conducted a study more than ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, or almost 10 years ago. So anyway, back from the Rabies Challenge Fund, you need to, and maybe skipping this subject, because I, I just went on to 
14 different subjects, so I'll try to get back to what I was talking about in the first place, whatever that was. Okay. Yeah, we were uh, talking about what to do, how to protect your pet, what what protocols should you follow. Oh, okay. Um, Thank okay. you. <laughs> You're welcome. I was try- trying to keep track. Um, well, first of all, you need to get a titer test if your dog get your titer test. is older than, oh, older than four months mm-hmm. and ha- or had his last shot at four months or okay. older. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A- and it's been almost another month since that shot was given. You do the titer test. Okay. And on on my um, website, Truth for Dogs, with the number Truth. four in the middle, dot com, there are a bunch of articles about all of this, about, you know, avoiding reactions, about okay. um, doing all the things that you need to do. Another thing you need to do is if you're if you're giving a shot, and, and even adult dogs have to get rabies shots by law, mm-hmm. get the shot in the morning when you're going to be around for a while. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that means Saturday morning. The problem with Saturday morning is that your vet may be closed on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say, the problem with Saturday is the next day is Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but some people, that's their only day off. But you really yeah. need to have the, the dog watched yeah. because your dog can go into seizures. Mm-hmm. This is with a rabies shot, but it's also with combination shots, which should never be given. I have an article, I have a couple of articles about the dangers of combination shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for one thing, they mix viruses and bacteria, mm-hmm. which should never be done. And you Why give multiple shots at one time, and, you know, multiple vaccines at one time, and it's very convenient for the for the customer, and it's very convenient for the vet. But it is very hard on the animal, and this well, is cats as well. Yeah, convenience uh, for the moment, for a lifetime of inconvenience. Right, and, and expense. And expense and ongoing nightmares. So uh, you, or, it, or the loss of your dog, right. And if your vet's only alternative is to give these combination shots, find another vet. Okay. Or send away and get the medication yourself, mm-hmm. and or buy it from another vet. Mm-hmm. and have your vet give it. I mean, there are a lot of things you can do, and it's not easy because most vets buy vaccines the cheapest way they can, and mm-hmm. most of the really cheap shots come in, you know, big cases of of, of vials or, or what do you call it? I can't remember the word, but it, it's the material that makes the shot, and they mix it up themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, mm. you know, it's like, they get the recipe and they mix it up. They get all the ingredients and they mix it up. Mm-hmm. But that's how their shots come. And, and you'll say, well, I only want parvovirus and distemper. I don't mm-hmm. want leptospirosis, which has never happened in this area. That's mm-hmm. a really dangerous shot, leptospirosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. And very low rates of effectiveness because there's so many strains, but there are limited strains in the shot and almost unlimited strains in the environment. And you have to know what strains are in your area and if they match up with the shot. And if your dog is exposed to it. it it's mm-hmm. a disease. Dogs usually get it. It's in the wetlands and the woodlands. Mm-hmm. And yet house dogs in Southern California are given leptospirosis routinely. It comes mm-hmm. in the shot. Mm-hmm. They're, they're given coronavirus, which which vets in the know say is, is a shot looking for a disease. Wow. Your dog is never going to get coronavirus. It's a, a disease. It, it, it is really almost a non-disease. It's so rare. Mm-hmm. And it's a disease only of puppies, and yet adult dogs are given these coronavirus throughout their whole life. Yeah. And um, so it, it's a very big problem. And the more shots you give a dog, and this is important for um, small dogs, not not Puppies necessarily, but small breed dogs like yeah. Maltese, like Yorkies, like Minpins and Miniature Schnauzers. Uh-huh. Oh. And the smaller the, the dog, the more likely that giving them multiple vaccines at once will cause a problem. If, I think each vaccine you give in addition to one raises the likelihood of a reaction by 24%. Wow. And shots re- regularly have five to seven vaccines in them. And then they give Bordetella, you know, nasally on top of that. Oh. 
And so you're looking at eight shots, and then some people will give a rabies shot on top of that. So your dog's getting, or your cat, cats don't get quite as many shots. Um, but a dog would get up to nine shots at one time. And then he gets really sick, and probably, you know, he'll be okay, but many, many won't be. Yeah. And will have health problems their entire life that will never be traced back to the shots. Right. Right. But so that's one thing I just kind of touched on. Do not ever give a rabies shot and other shots at the same time. Mm-hmm. They must be separated by two to three weeks at minimum. Mm-hmm. But they're quite often not. And people write me all the time. I went in to get, you know, our annual shots and my vet said, oh, it's almost time for the rabies. So we'll get it done now so you won't have to come back. So, but of course they do have to come back because the poor dog has been assaulted with nine vaccines. Yeah, you'll come back, but it's not for another shot. You'll come back so that we can spend more time, energy, effort, and money now working with all these um, artificially induced (laughs) chronic lifetime problems. That's the footnote they never tell you, right? Yeah, and Mm. have you ever been warned? Not to give more than one shot at a time? I know you haven't. No. And I, I just put up a video on YouTube. I, I forgot to put it up on my website. I need to go do that as soon as okay. I get off this call. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> about vaccinating small dogs. I do have an article about it, but I also okay. just did a video as well okay. for, for people that would rather just kind of listen. How can they? Do you have other videos on YouTube? I have a lot. And do if you, you go to okay. K9 Author, that's K and then the number 9 Author, A U T H. Um, I just forgot how to spell author. A-U-T-H-O-R. Being an author, you wouldn't think that would be something I would forget how to spell. You would think you might spell that. I don't know. But if you go to canine author, you know, you go to youtube.com slash canine author. Okay. Then you can find all of them in one spot, and they're about... Uh, there's a really good one on the rabies vaccine that my little dog Chicklet did. It's uh-huh. lots of fun, and, uh-huh. and it's really exciting because last time I checked, over 50,000 people had listened to it. Oh, that's awesome! And of course, yeah. you know, with a lot of crazy people making really crazy responses, but <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's normal. That's YouTube. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I did just put up one about the dangers of vaccinating small and medium-sized dogs. Okay. And I hope people will go in and look at it. Yes. And. Back to the the other thing, if your dog has documented health problems, mm-hmm. don't give the shots. Wait. Wait till the dog can accept the shot because it's not going to really do you any good anyway. Probably the dog is going to get sick, and it is very possible that the shot won't take because the immune uh, system is malfunctioning. Wow. So, And vaccine oh manufacturers will tell you that. They say vaccinate healthy dogs only, but vets don't tell you that. Yeah. And... No, I don't even think they think of it. They think, well, if I don't give him the shot now, uh-huh. he'll never come back for the shot. Right. And he may not. That's well, very true. So it, yeah. it's a problem for them, even acting in their best interest. They right. think that the dog needs vaccinated, the puppies especially. Yeah. Yeah, they're hard on the puppies. Yeah. If you can find a vet trained in homeopathy, mm-hmm. that's really good um, to give your dog a shot because there are homeopathic remedies that you can give with the shot. Yeah, can you tell us more about that? How how can people find homeopathic vets? Do you have a source for that or a place? Um, yes, that? and if you go to my website, dogs for dogs, that's the number four again. dot mm-hmm. com slash vet. Okay. And up at the top of the page, there are referral lists for holistic vets and vets trained in homeopathy. Excellent. And um, it, it's you just put in your location, and you can find out you know, whatever whatever kind of vet you need. Okay, perfect. And so that's dogsfordogs.com slash vet. It could be slash vets, plural, but I think it's little little letters and it's not capitalized. Okay. Um, so that's really good. And sometimes people write me, they can't find a holistic vet. There's There are a couple of other sources that you can go to okay. um, that where you can find the correct remedies. Okay. It, it's just better to go to somebody who's trained to look at the whole animal because in homeopathy, which is a very mysterious science, you you are treated by your symptoms. Um, not that you have a cold. Like in Western medicine, if you have a cold, you get a cold remedy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In homeopathy, if you have a cold with a stuffed up nose, 
you get a different remedy than a cold with a sore throat or a cough. Yeah. So right. it, it's, well, you know that. Um, well, I do, but most but people I, I don't. Definitely not. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you give the wrong remedy, sometimes it can make it harder to cure the problem. But there are a couple of, of general homeopathic remedies, Thuja, also called Thuja, and Listen, um, especially for rabies. Listen would be L-Y-S-S-I-N. But you have to get it from somebody who knows how to use it because it's not readily available. Yeah, since I've never seen that one available. Yeah, it's you get it from a um, a naturopath or from a holistic <coughs> or a homeopath. Okay. And um, another thing you need to do is get in the habit of of making sure that even the smallest reactions are recorded in your dog's file. And if you okay. if you suspect it's a reaction, call and insist it be recorded in your dog's file. This okay. is a especially important for rabies because you may need to make a case for getting an exemption for your dog for the rabies shot. Okay. okay. Um, if you don't report that this year your dog started having seizures three days after the rabies shot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would, in three years from now they're going to say, oh, well, time for the rabies shot, and you're going to say, no, no, no. Or you might not even remember that the seizure started after the rabies shot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the vet may be gone. And it if it's not in the file, right. it's not usable. And then you need to get copies after major events. You need to get copies of the file because vets lose files, they move away, they retire, and the files are gone. Wow. So it's it's really important. Okay, okay. And uh, let's see what else we need to do. Don't vaccinate before traveling. Oh, okay. Especially before traveling by air, but also by car. Okay. Because let's say that you vaccinate your dog on Friday to get the health certificate and you have your flight on Monday and you're in the middle of um, a polar flight that lasts 10 hours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What happens if your dog starts having seizures? Right, right. So you need to do this at least a week or if you're in the the middle of of driving across the desert. You know, you need, and you're not going to know where a vet is even if you're driving. Where, yep. Where's the local vet? What vet can you trust to go to if your dog starts having a reaction or your cat? One big reaction with cats is um, injection site tumors. Yeah, and that you need to watch that. very carefully. Dogs get them too. Yes, they do. And horses do as well. Mm-hmm. And, oh, do they? Yeah. They, it's, it's, there's so much crap in a shot. There's so many things put in the shot other than the virus. You know, there's usually aluminum. There are toxic, Dr. Dodds calls them toxic tissue cultures soups. And there are all of these ingredients, any of which can cause a really bad reaction. And any lump that you see after a shot that doesn't go away really quickly needs to be examined. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, because there's a case study on blogs for dogs about a little chihuahua who had a lump in his hip, mm-hmm. and after a rabies shot, they usually and should give a rabies shot in the right hip because then you know where it was given. So if something happens in that area, you at least have reason to suspect a rabies shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, if they give it all over the dog, then you don't know. In cats, there's a recombinant shot. It's called a recombinant shot for rabies, and it's a much safer shot now, and they developed it because so many cats got injection site tumors. Mm, and wow. they also developed the practice of giving it as low on the, the cat's like hind leg, right hind leg, as possible so that if the cat developed the tumor, they could cut the leg off. God. Oh. Not make the shot safer. Jeez. Cut the leg off. That was the, the first thing they decided to do. But the recombinant, if you have a cat, there's a recombinant rabies vaccine and, and at truthfordogs.org, I have truthfordogs.com and org, but on .org, uh, there's a lot of information about making rabies vaccinations safer for dogs and cats. And there's also a, a place to click to donate to the Rabies Challenge Fund. And I don't, I don't take any money from that. That goes directly to the fund. And also, since we're talking about it, um, I recorded much of the session that I did in, in, um, California with Dr. Dogs and Dr. Schultz speaking. Okay. 
Okay. And it's a wonderful recording telling you all sorts of things that you don't know and your vet probably doesn't know. So even if you don't want to listen to it yourself to buy it for your vet, I think it's going to be about $60 and also include a subscription to a wonderful new online dog health magazine, pet health magazine. No, I guess it's all dogs. And a free subscription for a year. And our program guide that has lots of of um, articles by Dr. Dodds and Dr. Schultz, and mm-hmm. and everything goes to the Rabies Challenge Fund except for shipping costs. Wow! So and they will be actual shipping costs, not okay. not shipping and handling. You know, of forty five dollars, <laughs> like sometimes you see. You know, it's only nineteen ninety five, and then you call and, and shipping and handling is is another twenty bucks. Right. The product itself is only nine ninety five. This is going to be actual. You know, the cost of the envelope and the cost of the stamps. Okay, so how do they find that? Um, I am in the process of trying to get my software to make a disk out of this so it can can get duplicated. It's being duplicated by for free by somebody who has a company that does it whose dog had a horrible vaccine reaction. Oh, God. And um, so I'm hoping it will go to duplicating within the week. Okay. So if, if right now you can go to dogsfordogs.com mm-hmm. slash saferpet, all little letters, S-A-F-E-R-P-E-T, like make yeah. your pet safer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you can sign up there, and then when, when we have the the website to go to, um, it'll it'll um, give you the information that it's available, and you can decide to get it or not get it. But it's okay. It, it's, it's a once in a lifetime chance to hear these these world famous. One is a vet. One is a um, PhD. Okay. Um, who is probably the most famous person in the world for conducting studies of vaccine st- safety. He's just awesome. amazing. That's Ron Schultz. Ron Schultz. Yeah. And I'm familiar with Dr. Jean Dodds. Her work has been awesome. Uh, she's, she's amazing. Been, yeah, she's been working on this sort of thing for many, many years. And the most generous person in the world. She and Ron came down, and both of them spoke for free in San Diego. Um, Jean lives in... Um, Southern California, not not San Diego. But it was a long drive for her very early in the morning, and she had to drive back that same night and do some work and then do a free speaking thing the next day. Mm-hmm. And Ron came all the way from um, uh, Wisconsin and donated, after the event, he donated his uh, travel expenses mm-hmm. to the Rabies Challenge Fund because we were matching the amounts of donations during that period of time. Um, and he donated $900 worth of travel expenses and, you know, hotels and that sort of thing, which, I mean, he, he wasn't paid for speaking either, and he isn't paid for doing his rabies and other vaccine research. He's, oh, my gosh. He's, he just is amazing. Mm, wow. And so these are these are the people that we have to support and hope they live forever. Yes. Um, yes. And they deserve our support, and they're dedicating their lives to helping, you know, have safe, happy, healthy animals. Um, so I'm uh, I'm just really touched and moved by what it takes to challenge the status quo. Um, this is, you know, quite an uphill battle with, you know, challenging the states and the veterinary association and, and all of the, you know, uh, standard protocol and have it changed for the better. Because of all the harm, you know, that we're doing to our animals. Well, Chris Christine started the Rabies Challenge Fund mm-hmm. when her dog died of a, a mast cell tumor, oh. mm-hmm. and was sick for a really long time and had this huge, horrible tumor. And, and mm-hmm. she loved him so much. His name was Meadow. Mm-hmm. I think it was a he. And um, she started the Rabies Challenge Fund, and she started challenging the laws all over the country, mm-hmm. and is still challenging them. And she she helped. Um, she was the major instigator helping to change part of the law here in California for exemptions. So she's she is just doing so much. She and Jean and Ron are the three principals of the fund. And they all do it because they love their animals. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're not getting paid. But you have to keep challenging the law and you have to keep challenging the, the USDA. Mm-hmm. It, yes. Because there's, you know, there's no money in proving that a shot lasts longer. There's only money in proving that it lasts shorter. <laughs> right, right. 
and you know, and, <laughs> it, exactly. I mean, who ben- you have to always look at who benefits, you know, from whatever they're telling us to do. Right. Not not is it actually good for us and the right thing to do and all of that, but who actually benefits? And the only people that I'm seeing that are benefiting particularly are big pharma and you know vets that that uh, are benefiting by over vaccination. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. You know the ones that are buying the party line there. So the yeah. the the minimal vaccinations that are really needed to to provoke immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, most. Most of the vets I know believe that they are necessary, but it's the shots over and over and over again, and the multiple shots at one time. Mm-hmm. It, there's no reason to do it yeah. except laziness. You no don't laziness. have to go back to the the vet another time. Mm-hmm. And well, we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, in but, fact, I think theoretically, we probably count on them having to go back to the vet many, 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 many times for the rest of their animal's life because of all the other illnesses, even if they don't have a short-term reaction, which, by the way, could be like vomiting, facial swelling, fever, lethargy, circulatory shock, loss of consciousness, and even death, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so if if you don't have an immediate reaction, people gloss over it, go on, and then wonder why they have all these other problems. Um, so Yeah, and death is one of the real real problems. Yes. And or or so many health problems that the dog is ultimately euthanized. Mm-hmm. And yes. if you if you go to truthfordogs.com and read under the rabies vaccine article mm-hmm. and l- listen to the stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it's just there was one dog who had seizures, a chihuahua who had seizures. Mm-hmm. Um and had for a while. Probably it was never cha- traced back to a rabies vaccine, but I'm, I doubt it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet you know there's there's a good chance that it was caused by the rabies vaccine. Yeah. And anyway, he took the dog to the vet because the dog was having seizures. Mm-hmm. And while he was at the vet, the vet decided this would be a really good time to catch him up on his rabies shots and other shots. Oh my god. Vaccinated the dog, gave him a pedicure. <laughs> you cut his toenails. Okay. Charged him for it mm-hmm. and the dog died. Yeah. And of course the dog died because he had seizures. Well, let's let's start and figure out why he had seizures in the first place and do you give an animal that is having seizures, multiple seizures? Mhm. Shots? And fortunately, this guy went after him, after the vet, and the vet has retired. Well, and he should have. And should have retired before that's, he killed the dog. Criminal. Exactly, it's criminal. I'm but, so sorry. Oh, but oh, most people don't tragic. report that yeah. when well, people they write don't me. Know. Yeah, they I don't tell know. them, yes, it's likely that this was caused by your, by the shot. Yes. Yes, you should get it in your dog's file. Find somebody trained in homeopathy, and a lot of homeopaths for people also do animals. They're not oh. quite quite as well trained usually okay. um, as vets trained in homeopathy, but sometimes they're more trained. Okay. And okay. so that that's another source for you. Okay. And yes, you should try homeopathy to clear the the vaccine from the dogs. You, you don't lessen the efficacy of the vaccine. You lessen no. the symptoms. Right, and it's not you know it's not an exact science. Sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. It, but it doesn't. It, takes it can't hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly can't hurt. No. And <sighs> and the other thing you okay. need to do is report the report it to the manufacturer. Okay. The the reaction to the manu- shots manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Re- report it to the vet and tell the vet to report it to the manufacturer. Right. And and there's some other places that they can report it. There's no really good reporting system. That's something that the Rabies Challenge Fund will be working on in yeah. a couple of years is getting a really good reporting system. Yeah, real interesting how they manage not to even create a channel for people to report problems. Well, there wasn't one for children either. Oh, good Lord. And for and look children. At, look at the exponential increase of autism yeah. in our children right now. Of course, now. they say it has nothing to do with the shots, but... Well, they're insane. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it could also have something to do with with all the hormones and antibiotics in exactly. our milk. <laughs> you know. It could be, yes. <laughs> and meat. Gosh. So, but all of these things, okay. you just have to stop and think. Does yeah, this educate. make sense? Educate yourself. Yeah. Do you need to give my uh, my ten year old dog? Don't give any ten year old dog shots. Does yeah. he need his puppy shots again? Right. 
what was wrong with the shot that the shots I get in my childhood last a lifetime? Why doesn't my right. dog's puppy shots last a uh, lifetime? Yeah. Well, they yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, one of the things you say, and I heartily endorse it, is that a truly loving guardian is an informed guardian. And we are the guardians of our animals' health and well-being. And so we have a responsibility to educate ourselves. Something I always tell my husband when he rarely acts up, <laughs> when, when he when he thinks whatever I think is is right isn't, <laughs> um, is love is a verb. It's just not a feeling that you have for your animals. It's it's one thing to love your cat, mm-hmm. to have the feeling of love for your cat. It's another thing to educate yourself about what's best for the cat. That's when love is important. Otherwise, it's just kind of a feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, a but feeling it, with no no action, no responsibility. No, right. Um, yeah. And then people say, "Oh, I'm so heartbroken. My my dog died, or my cat died. I'm so I don't think I can exist. I'm going to die." Uh-huh. Well, what did you do to make sure that that animal would live? Yeah. Well, I spent two thousand dollars at the vet. Well, why did you have to spend two thousand dollars at the vet? What kind of food were you feeding? Mm-hmm. How many shots were you giving? Yeah. Are you using arthritis medication with a side effect of death? <laughs> yeah. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> have you even looked at what the side effects are? Are you giving heartworm medication in the winter when there are? It's impossible to get heartworms. Yeah. I have I have two articles about heartworms okay. um, at truthfordogs.com. Okay. So if you haven't bothered to learn about it, and and it's not easy, you have to seek out the information. I've tried to put as much on my website as possible, um, and and give you links to other places to go to find more trustworthy links because a mm-hmm. lot of the the information is funded by pharmaceutical companies. Yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, the heartwormsociety.org has wonderful information, but it's just important to know that it's funded by a bunch of pharmaceutical companies that make heartworm medication. Ah. So Let's guess what kind of uh, results they're going to be finding. Yeah, well, and but most of what we know about heartworms, we know because of them. So, I mean, they're good things that they have done. Mm-hmm. But they, they now recommend heartworm medication throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Well, how many places you have to have warm, sustained warm temperatures for heartworm to develop, mm-hmm. and you have to have mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. So if it's winter in, in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. going to be given heartworms to, yeah. to dogs. you know. And cats, it's very hard to give a heartworm heartworm to cats. It's possible, and it's very deadly. Mm-hmm. But you need to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And... Don't give a big overload of medication. Some some dogs are on on arthritis medication with lots of side effects. If they tell you to come in regularly and get get blood tests for the medication, you know that this really needs to be watched. Mm. And they're on heartworm meds, and they're right. getting shots all the time, and they're eating right. grocery store foods, right? Which are mostly corn, corn with unlimited levels of pesticides allowed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and then you say you love your dog and you're devastated because, or your cat because they died. Well, was it was it your fault? Yeah. You know, did you really? I hate to say that, but what did you do? It's like smoking and drinking to excess, and then then being devastated because you're ill. Mm-hmm. You know, and being, you know, way overweight and not trying to do something about it, mm-hmm. and then, you know, developing diseases because of it. Our animals can't self-regulate. They don't know. If you're giving them shots, they can't say, hey, Mom, stop it. I don't don't need this shot. (laughs) I I don't want that today. Or, you know, or this food you're feeding me is crap and it's making me sick, you know, or, um, you know. So it's it's nobody's fault (laughs) but your own. Stop putting that poison on my skin that you and children aren't even allowed to touch because it's dangerous. And stuff on your floors that are, yeah. you know, oh, keep yeah. out of reach of children, and then you throw food on the floor and the dog eats it off the floor. <laughs> so there, there's so yeah. many things. It's uh, hard yeah. to find good information. Yeah. And you are being bombarded by advertisements and by vets saying, if you don't do this, your your animal's going to die. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. I understand it's hard. For years, I I can't believe how I treated my animals. I thought I loved them, mm-hmm. but I fed them the worst stuff. 
I didn't know. I thought I saw the advertisement and I thought it was the best stuff. Well, yeah, that's that's why people do it. They're they buy the party line that that's okay, it's good stuff, and if their animal will eat it or whatever, or they don't keel over dead immediately, then they think they're they're fine. And it's easy. You know? And it's easy and convenient and, yeah, all that stuff. So, so right. you know, I'm getting harsher in, in thinking mm-hmm. that vets mm-hmm. need to change and people need to change. Yes, and, and you're doing a lot to help us educate ourselves, and I want to pro- acknowledge you and appreciate you uh, so much and so glad you're able to share this with all of us. Thank well, once, you. thank you. Once you know all of this, you're compelled. Yes. You can't keep this kind of thing. It's, it's like knowing that there's a ticking bomb in the corner and not yeah. doing anything about it. Right. At right. least say, there's a ticking bomb. You know, yeah. call the police. <laughs> you have to at Hello. least do something other than just, <laughs> yeah, just I, think I'll go I want to get involved. Uh-huh. Yes. But I, I hope this has been Thank helpful. You. And Thank you. I just wanted to say, I know we've given you lots of websites to go to. We do. Let's kind of summarize a bit, don't you think? Uh, in case anybody hasn't written it down or gotten it just yet, so what what are the contact information then? One more time. Okay. If, my main website is dogs, the number four, dogs.com. Dogs for, for dogs. Dogsfordogs.com. Mm-hmm. And you can get to the articles on the blogs from there. At the top of the page, there are a bunch of links okay. directly to articles. Okay. So that's important to remember. Great. And there are great vaccine articles and heartworm articles, if I do say so myself. A lot of mm-hmm. interviews, a lot of – I'm really careful with what goes up there, and mm-hmm. I have no agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't make any money off of whether people get shots or they don't get shots. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm as careful as I can be. But, you know, I mean, you can make mistakes and things change, but I'm as careful as I can be. Yes. And um, – to sign up for the video from the two vets, you go to dogsfordogs.com forward slash safer pet. Okay. And those are really the only two things that you need to know. If, when you go to okay. Dogs for Dogs, um, there are links to vaccination. You know, okay. you can just click vac- vaccinating and then it'll give you the rabies vaccine page or it'll give you the regular shot page. Okay. How, how could they donate to the Rabies Challenge Fund? You can go to the rabieschallengefund.org. Okay. You can buy the video. That will okay. also be a donation plus give you money or give you information. Okay. Um, buy it for your vet. I mean, it would be – or get it for mm-hmm. yourself and lend it to your vet. Yeah, I would say it's uh, – get it for – get two copies, one for you and one to loan out to everybody you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be great. Right. And it's – you know, you're donating to the Rabies Challenge Fund in the process. Right. You can also go to my website, click Vaccinating click rabies vaccination and there's a donate link on that page with a little bit more okay. about the rabies challenge fund. Okay. So, um there there was one truthfordogs.org. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's if you go to vaccinating and then click rabies vaccination. Okay. It it's Very a good. redirect to truthfordogs.org, which gives you a lot of information about how to vaccinate for rabies more safely and okay. a link. Okay. Okay. Um to the rabies challenge fund. Well, this is wonderful information, Jan. I think we've um, talked quite a lot longer than we had expected. But a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a big surprise. Um, but, yeah, this is such critically important information. I hope everyone uh, wakes up and pays attention because I know we all love our animals and we want the best for them. And, like you said, we have to educate ourselves to know what the truth is. Um, and you're doing a great job of getting that truth out there. So thank you so much. Oh, well, you're um, welcome. I just looked at my watch and realized we did talk a while. <laughs> no, quite a while. <laughs> well, I hope people stuck with us. I do, too. Um, anyway, so let us know what you think about, um, uh, for our listeners, if you all will let us know what you think about our uh, discussion today. If you have any questions, uh, contact us. We've given you all the websites and links and stuff, so. Okay, terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.